Love you guys. We miss you. How's everybody doing? Good? Good. I'm obviously... I'm obviously not my father. I'm sorry. Most of you are surprised. You get to hear from me tonight. Uh, I know he misses you guys. Want to welcome everybody that's here. Glad to have you. And want to welcome everybody properly that's watching online. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, my father is off and he is uh, doing business with inventory. He says that he misses you guys. Wish that you that he could be here. But that means that I get to I get to share with you guys. So I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say something that I don't like that pastors say. But I'm going to say it. Man, I had to pray for this one. <laughs> right? Because you guys are all like, what, you didn't have to pray for the last one? What was that? So, you know, what's the difference? No, I really had, I had to pray for this one to, to, you know, just seek the Lord and ask him because I got a word from him that I feel is just going to really move on our heart tonight and really encourage us. And uh, I want to just kind of uh, jump in. Thank God the quarantine is behind us. Give me a hallelujah if you are glad that quarantine is over, right? Let's hear it for phase one. If you're at home, let us know. Quarantine over. You might be home streaming, but at least you're not at the stay-at-home order. You can go out. Hallelujah. TJ Maxx is open. Who? Anyone? Yeah? Come on. Holler at your boy, right? TJ Maxx is open. Ross is open. You know what that means? I don't have to shop at Home Depot anymore, right? I don't have to pretend like I know what I'm doing at Home Depot. Segue into my quarantine. Okay, I'm going to share with you guys very, very quickly, uh, even though the quarantine is behind us, right, and it feels, it feels great to be here in the building, but I got to admit, uh, I learned some lessons in the quarantine. I don't know about you, I learned lessons. I said that last time I was up here, some of us have learned lessons about our spouses. I learned the lessons uh, of home repair, okay, seriously. I thought quarantine was going to be something completely different. Wrong, Okay. It was all home repair. And here, lesson number one. Lesson number one. I am not Bob the Builder. You heard that? I am not Bob the Builder. Though I thought I was. I really did. How many of you guys have projects that you say I'll get to them? As soon as quarantine came around, I was like, Bob the Builder. And I'm like, yes, I can. I can fix it. And uh, I learned very quickly that there are things beyond my ability. How many of you guys know that there are things beyond your ability? right? Sometimes we feel like we can fix everything. Sometimes we feel like, man, I just got it all down and I can just do this, right? And in my own time, I tried to take on a couple back burner projects. You know the ones I'm talking about? Back burner. I quickly realized, guys, that these back burner projects had slipped into neglected projects. Have you guys ever had that happen to you? Where something I'll get to it one day, you forget about it. And forget about it. And, it. and it turns into a neglected project rather than just a back burner project. And that is when I realized that I was over my head. Completely over my head. Right? So I, I'll just give you guys a little, little truth. I'm going to come clean. Everybody at home, I'm going to come clean a little bit. Right? 34 years old. Bought a house when we were 24. Right? Did not know a lot about home ownership. Okay? Seriously should have rented a little longer. 
didn't understand the responsibilities, didn't understand that things just don't go away magically if you neglect them and forget about them, okay? I don't know if you've ever been there, but I have been there, okay? And I had, um, I had noticed something on the back of my two uh, do- exit doors, my two back doors. I noticed that the door jam, like years ago, I'm going to really come clean here, years ago. Tiffany's like back there going, he's the worst at this, okay? I noticed years ago that there was some rot that was developing on the back of these doors. So here was my fix. Don't ever use them. (laughs) Don't ever use them. In fact, paint over them so that you don't have to see the ugliness. Little did I know that that ugliness when seen on the outside means that there is terrible ugliness on the inside. Huge ugliness on the inside. So bad that when I thought that I could just take care of this, I I found out that I needed to call some reinforcements to help me. Oh, oh Lord, I was over my head. So you know what I did? I called my daddy. (laughs) I called my dad. I was like, Dad, I am over my head. I've realized that I am not Mr. Fix-It. I'm good with a paintbrush and maybe some caulk, okay? But woodwork? Or anything else, sheetrock, not my thing, okay? And I needed reinforcements. Now, my dad is not even here, so he went out of town. So I had to call in the big guns, right? I had to call in Tony Batequin and um, Brian Como to come and help me finish these two doors. So lesson one, I'm not Bob the Builder. There are things beyond my ability. Lesson number two, y'all, with, y'all ready for this one? The price of neglect is expensive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. This is my quarantine lessons. Lesson two, the price of neglect is expensive. What would have cost $50, y'all? I'm going through Home Depot, and I'm seeing what we're picking up. And the first problem that I saw, you know what I said? A little bit of rot on the door. I figured it was, I found out it's called brick molding. That's a $50 piece of wood, okay, and a couple little nails. The end of this project, I'm embarrassed to tell you how much I had to spend to fix this project, but would have cost me $50 had I taken care of it proactively. The cost of neglect is expensive. Y'all, I didn't even realize water can do that much damage. Just a little bit of water, it's ridiculous. It's not even fair. Like, how does that even happen? Two by fours were eaten to death behind the wall. I'm being just honest, just being very honest. I've learned a lot about neglect in in the quarantine. And the cost of it, and how I never want to deal with something neglected again. Lesson number three. Typically, no one intends to neglect something. I'm going somewhere with this. i got to lay a firm foundation here of the dangers of neglect. The title of the message tonight is Unfamiliar Landscapes. And I believe that the word when we get to what the Lord said is real good, and you're going to jump for joy. But I had to learn that no one intends to neglect something. It just happens most of the time. Okay, listen, our health, no one intends to neglect their health. I can tell you right now that, you know, oftentimes we say, I, I'll start eating better. I'll go to the doctor later, I'll, uh, next week, next week. I'll, I don't know how many times I've heard, where's he at? There he is in the sound, but I don't know how many times I've heard my dad and Pastor Brian say it starts next week. Look at him looking at me. Uh, uh, moving on. Our marriages, we don't intend it. Sometimes we can neglect our spouse, we can neglect our health. We don't mean to. We can neglect our, 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 our marriages. 
We can neglect our families. We don't see it. It sneaks up. We're busy. We get into the grooves of life. And everything inundates us. The stress, the, the workloads. And we end up looking past things sometimes. Our relationships, we can neglect them. I don't know about you guys, but how many times do we neglect to fix things with people in our life? We neglect relationships. We neglect to mend things. We neglect sometimes to properly deal with schisms in our life. Various projects in life, we can neglect to to take care of those things. All of these things have the ability to move from from a I will deal with that when I get time category to I've just learned to live with it. I've just learned to live with it. We sometimes, when we neglect something for so long, we just get to this place where we just learn to live with what's there. I'm going to give, I'm going to tell on myself again really quick. My wife forgot it. I asked her to bring this because it's the, it's the infamous vase. I had a leak in my bathroom. Again, water. I hate water damage. I hate moisture at this point. Okay. My tub leaked, had a leak. And again, I didn't take care of it for a long time. I didn't realize the problem. I didn't know. Just like look past it. Just I'll get to it and forget it, forget it, forget it. And what I did was I didn't want my wife to notice it because she would get on to me about it. It was unsightly on the wall, the problem. So I took a vase, y'all, and I properly placed it in front, and it became a decoration. <laughs> if you moved it, if you moved this thing, you would have noticed, wow. There are some problems going on. We do this. We do this at times. We do this in times with things. You know, I, I've, I've come to learn that the vase was just an excuse to not take care of what I was neglecting. It was just a way to cover it up. It was a way to, to forget about it. It was a way to not think about it. It was a way to not have it in my face. And I didn't, have to, I didn't have to deal with the problem. But here's what I, the greatest lesson that I learned through all of this is that whatever is neglected deteriorates. It doesn't get better. Ever. What's neglected deteriorates by nature. You, all of you guys are, are, are mature homeowners and, and you understand that you cannot neglect anything because it becomes a problem. I am just preaching to the choir. You all know this. I had to learn this the hard way. My wife shaking her head in the back. He's 34. He should have known this. It's ridiculous that he didn't. Here's what I've also found out. Here's what I've also found out. It's, it, it feels amazing when you properly take care of something that you've neglected. When you finally get the weight off of your shoulders of something that you have not taken care of, it feels amazing. There's freedom. Man, I don't have rot on the back of my doors, and I'm sitting back there, I'm looking, I'm just like, that is so good. It's not embarrassing. It's all good. I love it. Guys, I believe that God has such an incredible word for us here tonight. But I be- and I believe 
that is powerful for the season that we're in. And I'm gonna kind of shift gears a little bit. But I believe that if we're not careful, neglect, neglect can, it can rob us. It can rob us of the word tonight. I believe that if we neglect something that I'm gonna talk about, it has the ability to rob us of what God wants to do in our lives. And I believe that God wants to provide for us. I believe that God wants to guide us. And I believe that God wants to revive us. Come on. I believe that God sees where we're at, knows where we're go- what we're going through. He wants to protect. He wants to provide. But he wants to revive the church. But if we, if we neglect a certain thing, it's going to rob us. If we neglect our relationship with God, if we neglect our relationship with Christ, we will not only unnecessarily be stressed. I was unnecessarily stressed because of the things that I neglected. Had I just have taken care of them, I would not have been stressed. If we, if we neglect our relationship with Christ, we will not only be unnecessarily stressed, but we're going to miss out on what God is about to do in our midst. And even worse, we're going to miss out on what our part is in all of it. We all have a part. I want to pray really quickly. Father, we we just come before you, Lord, and before we read the first scripture, Lord, I'm asking that you would just Lord, that you would just come into this place, Lord, and that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, that we would hear this word. Lord, that you would encourage us, that you would shake up our hearts, Lord, that we would see what you're trying to say in the intent, Lord, of your heart. And we ask that in Jesus' name, amen. Israel neglected God and it cost them dearly. That's the danger. That's the thing. And I want to heed out a warning. Israel neglected God, and it cost them dearly. Can you go to Jeremiah 2.13 for me? Hang with me here. I'm not about to beat nobody up, okay? I'm not about to beat anybody up. Jeremiah 2.13, it says, For my people had committed, have committed two evils. The prophet Jeremiah sent out to, to give a word against the, uh, the people of Judah for their, their sin, their backsliding, and their walking away from the Lord. The land is completely riddled with issues. There is idolatry, adultery, there is fornication. They are, they are not keeping up their relationship with God. They have turned away, turned to other things, They've taken their eyes off the Lord. And here, the Lord says, my people, he, he, down in verse 13, he spends 13 verses talking about everything that they're doing, how they're running towards other gods, how they have forgotten about him and they have just gone to things that will not satisfy. And he says, my people have committed two evils. He says, they have forsaken me, the, fount- the fountain of living waters, and hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Neglect is a powerful thing. And when neglect comes looking for payment, 
I guarantee you don't want to write that check. It is amazing to me. It is amazing to me that in the midst, right, God cuts to the quick in regards to um, the serious sin and backsliding going on within the people of Judah. There's a ton of stuff that he could list out. But he says they've committed two great evils. When I read the first 13 verses, I'm like, and and the ones after this in chapter 2, I go, oh, they've committed so many more. There are so many other evils, Lord. There's so much more. But God cuts to the quick of the heart of the matter, and he says, you don't seek me, and you don't trust me. The neglect of their relationship with God. The neglect of their relationship with him created a problem that they did not anticipate or one that they wanted It caused deterioration of their faith and ultimately their lives. Listen, what was once pure, God talks about them being pure. What was once pure had now started to show signs of rot. Neglect is powerful, I've learned. It can get away from you. You don't intend for it. You don't anticipate it, but it happens. Now, I know none of us, none of us are where Judah was, thank God. None of us are there. Take a deep breath. It's not what I'm saying. None of us were there. But they didn't get there overnight. That didn't happen overnight. I didn't wake up one day and go out in my back door and go, whoo, that is just a big hole in my door frame. That happened quick. It took a long time. It took a long time. Jeremiah 2.32 It's like the sat, one of the saddest verses in the Bible. One of the saddest, in my opinion. It says, can a, can a virgin forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? The Lord is speaking here. And he's, saying, he's just talking about common things, things that you would not forget, things that you couldn't go without. It would be like saying in 2020, are you going to forget your phone? Someone forget their keys and drive their car? No. These are things that you need. These are things that were necessary. These are things that were important, that meant something. They had value. You're going to hold on to them. A virgin's um, uh, uh, ornaments and, and a bride's attire. Say, these are sacred things with meaning. He says, yet my people, saddest, saddest thing. He says, yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Wow. How did, how did they get there? How did this happen? Judah's issue started long before the sin got rampant in the land. Long before. It started when they began to neglect their daily walk with God. Oh, such a dangerous thing. And this is what is going to rob us, this, this level of neglect. See, they neglected not just the daily walk. They, they neglected the intimacy with God. They neglect. They were going through motions and sinning on the side. They were not intimate with God. They were not seeking after him. They were not running after him. They were no longer excited for the things of the Lord. They no longer had a burning passion. They had grown cold. 
They, they, they faded away. They stopped thinking about him. They stopped seeking and looking. They forgot. It started long before the sin got out of control. It started when they decided that they were no longer going to just be intimate with him. Daily walking with God. It was at that moment that they began to slowly backslide. What was strong started to weaken. God doesn't want us to weaken, not in 2020. He wants us to be strong. Don't give in to neglect. What was fervent was now stale. What was hot had begun to cool within God's people. Listen, what was confident and sure about them? These were God's people. They had seen miracles. They had seen miraculous provision, incredible acts of God that we are dreaming to see these people walk through. Their heritage, their legacy was a mighty hand of God moving them from captivity, from enemies in miraculous ways. But yet their confidence and their surety has now dwindled because of backslidden, because of neglect. They began to become insecure. They didn't know who they were. They began to become unsatisfied with God, with his provision, with him alone. That's why they sought after every other nation. They had to have what everyone else had. This is such a sad part of Israel's history. It's one that God didn't want for them. I would say God did not want that for them. They had opportunities. God sent prophets to cry out, repent, turn from these things, refocus on me, come back to me. This is not what God wanted for them. It could have been avoided, but they refused to repent and turn back to God. It was neglect, gross neglect of the intimacy with God. And that neglect created a world of issue down the road for them. They missed it. So I want to tell you what God wants to do for us if we will not neglect him. Because God wants to lead us. But if we're neglecting, we'll miss it. The Lord spoke to me early this morning. And he said, he said this. He said, I am the God that leads his people through unfamiliar landscapes. I am the God that leads his people through unfamiliar landscapes. I do not want I do not want anything to rob you from this. Turn to Joshua 3 uh, 3 through 4. I love this. It says giving 
giving orders to the people. Now, they're about to take the, the promised land. They're about to do what their, what their parents wouldn't do. They're about to do what the generation before them wouldn't do. They're about to take the promised land. They are about to uh, march upon Jericho. They are about to take what was theirs. They're about to take the promise that was given to them, the fullness of the land that God was telling, uh, telling them was theirs. And Joshua is now leading the charge and giving the orders to the people. They said, when, the, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Do you hear that? The Ark of the Covenant was what was the, the embodiment of the presence of the Lord. Essentially, what, what, what they're saying here in this verse is, is you're going to move. You don't know where you're going. So what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to follow the Lord. You need to let the Lord lead this one. You need to fall behind. You need to get, when you see the Lord move, you move. Don't overtake it. Don't overtake the ark because you don't know where you're going. He says, keep a distance about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Don't go near it because you've not been this way before. Don't get ahead of the Lord. So many people, so many people are walking through this pandemic, coming out of the pandemic, walking through this whole thing, full of anxiety, full of anxiety and fear because the landscapes of, the, of, of, of their life has changed. And they simply do not know where to go or what to do. Families have changed. Entire family dynamics have changed. People have lost loved ones. Families have changed. Jobs have changed. Income has changed. Life has changed. We are passing through unfamiliar territory. And some of us are troubled by the amount of unfamiliar scenery that we're seeing. Can't imagine. As you learn to, to walk through life without certain loved ones. We're troubled. I can't imagine the, the you know, business owners figuring out now their business after being closed for so long. People who have lost their jobs now trying to figure it all back out. Some of us are troubled because of the unfamiliar scenery. He is the God that leads his people in unfamiliar landscapes. He's gonna lead you. See, I, I know that we feel troubled but this is not the time to fall into a stress-fueled neglect of the Lord. This is not the time to be inundated, to be overwhelmed with the stress to where we neglect where our help comes from. Do not grow weary, but press in. See, this is, I, I, I've just been, I, I don't know, I've just been compelled to share this message because a lot of times when we're so overwhelmed and stressed and pressured, sometimes we, we don't go towards God. We try to do things on our own. 
We try to see how we're going to fix everything, how we're going to cope, how we're going to move forward, what's next, and what do I do? And we, we get into a stress-fueled neglect of what Israel did, intimacy with God. It's so easy in these moments where everything is kind of, it feels upside down, unfamiliar, that we go days on end without thinking about the Lord. We go days on end without getting into his presence. And when I say, when I, when I say presence and I say intimacy, I'm talking, man, deep. Taking that, taking that time. It's more than just, you know, that, that 15 minutes in the morning. We only give that 15 minutes in the morning when the stress is on and it's all, and it's all on us because we've got to move, 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 move. Instead of be still and know that I am God. Oh, I've lost my place. Do not forget where your help comes from. Now is the time to press in and rekindle and stir everything that is in your heart towards the Lord. Do not take your burden yourself, but lean into the Lord. Listen to what Jesus says in John 16, 33. I have told you these things. What things, Jesus? What have you told us? He says, I'm I'm going back to the Father. He spends two chapters talking about, I'm going back to the Father. You should all be happy. I'm going to sit at the right hand of my Father. To do what? To, To talk on your behalf. To plead your case. I'm going and you should be glad because I'm going to be sitting at an arm's length from the Father. And I'm going to be your advocate. Jesus got done telling them that whatever you ask for in my name, that you will have. He said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to be with you. He says, I have told you these things that that in me you may have peace. It's so easy to, to be full of trouble and worry in moments and times like these instead of having that peace like Christ told us to have that peace because he's going to the Father to advocate for us. Sending his comforter, his Holy Spirit. He says, this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I love that. He says, you're going to have trouble in this world, but don't worry about it because I have overcome the world. He's saying, he's saying you're going to have trouble. It's plain. You're going to have, we will have trouble. This world will bring trouble. You will find yourself in unfamiliar terrain. It will happen. But but the Lord said to me this, this morning, he said, but I know where you are. It isn't unfamiliar to me. I've overcome it. I've overcome it for you. I've told you these things so that you would have peace and stability. Listen to what the Lord is telling us tonight. It's so simple. Stay behind me, trust in me, and I will guide you. Stay behind me, trust in me, and I will guide you. I know we all want to be led by the Lord. I know it. 
I don't even have to ask for a show of hands. I know everyone wants, y'all want to be led by the Lord. But that means that we got to get behind him and let him lead. That means that we can't overtake the ark. That means that we can't get out before the Lord. You know what that looks like in the morning? We rush off to work without praying. What did we do? We just got before the Lord. Well, that's no. We didn't seek him. You know what that's a, you know what that's a, a sign of? I got this one, God. I know what I'm doing today. We've got to let him lead. We've got to get behind him. Listen, the only way that I know, the only way that I know how to do that, the only way that I know how to get behind him is to get before him. Say, what? Yeah, the only way that I know how to get behind the Lord is to get before him on my knees in prayer daily. That's the importance of why I was talking about how Israel, how Judah neglected the daily walk with the Lord. The intimacy, they neglected it, and it cost them dearly. They were drug off to a foreign land. Don't neglect your daily walk with Christ. Your daily walk with Christ allows him to lead. Your daily walk with Christ strengthens you. It strengthens your trust in him. Are you, can you come play the guitar for me? Because we're going to be ending soon. Thank you. Yes, man. Your daily walk with Christ allows him to lead. If you're not walking with him daily, how do you know where he wants to go? Your daily walk with Christ strengthens your, your trust. If you you're with him and you see what he does it strengthens your trust your daily walk with Christ keeps you secure and satisfied he said he's the fountain You've, they, they rejected the fountain of living waters for broken cisterns something that was never going to satisfy I don't know if you've ever tried to fill up a bucket with a hole in it but he says they rejected the fountain of living water uh, the fountain of, uh, of living waters Satisfaction, continual satisfaction in a daily walk with Christ. Sounds like legalism. Stop praying for a little bit and tell me how satisfied you are. Stop praying for a little bit and tell me how strong you are. This is not legalism. This is the absence of intimacy in God's people. It's not legalism. We had a lack of intimacy, and I'm not just, I'm talking connection, relationship within our, our, our marriages. Let me tell you, we would, whoa, now, hold on. This is not what I, what I anticipated. It's not legalism. It's just the basis of, of love. It's just the basis of, of, of pure love. It's the desire to be with that person. The Lord, do not fear. Don't fear what you're looking at, what you're walking into, because this landscape is not unfamiliar to the Lord. I, I, your business, your income, it's just not unfamiliar. 
what you are walking through. I don't care if it's even related to the quarantine and COVID-19. What you're facing is not unfamiliar to God. Seek him, trust him, and he will guide you. The Lord desires intimacy with you. And I believe that we will see, I believe that we will see revival when we re-engage intimately with God. Okay? Listen, it is on the tongue of like every Christian right now. Revival. I grew up with hearing about it. I grew up with it. I believe that we will see revival when we see a re-engaging of intimacy with God. Look at Jeremiah 2.2, and I want you to catch the broken heart of the Lord here. Look at what he says. He, He says, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem. This is so sad. This is what the Lord says. He says, I remember. He is speaking to his people. Put yourself in this position. He says, I remember the devotion of your youth. Well, I'll remember when we just got married. How as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness. Through a land not sown. He's saying, I remember when my people were adventurous. I remember when they would step out in faith. I remember when they would just move. And I didn't have to tell them where. He said, I remember when I told a man named Abraham to get up and leave his home and his land and his family. And the man just went. He didn't need point A to B to C. He said, I'll let you tell me when I get there. There was a, there was a, I'm down for anything because I love you. There was a take me there, Lord. I want to go there. It was, I know that I'm going to be safe with you. And it was, it was just full of passion and excitement. He says, I remember that. Do you remember when you first got saved? Do you remember when you first got saved? The excitement and the passion. I remember when I first became a youth pastor at the first church I was ever at. And I would sit and I would pray and I would be intimate with God. And I would ask him, not for a message, but his presence. I remember when I wanted the Holy Spirit. I didn't get up for two hours. until, And I came back the next day and the next day and the next day until I got it. I remember when I first was touched by God and the excitement and the passion and that burning within me do you and does it still burn that hot restore it if it needs to be restore it if it needs to be God wants to lead us he wants to guide us he is the God that knows the unfamiliar landscapes but he's saying stop being stop neglecting the intimacy with me Quit being bogged down. Don't neglect the intimacy. Keep it flowing. Watch this, watch this. Go to, go to Joshua 3.5. It's the difference between a generation that got it and a generation that didn't. Joshua told the people, this is so good. Joshua told the people, after he said, look, God knows where we're going. We don't. 
follow him. As we said, Joshua said, consecrate yourselves. Come on, consecrate yourselves. Set yourself apart. Set yourself apart. Remove that which is, listen, I had to remove so much dead stuff that was corroded and everything till I got to the good stuff. Everything that I had found that I neglected, there was, I had to get all the junk out so that I could repair, come on, right? I know it's two minutes, but we're, we're, we're there. He said, consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Now that says wonders. Mine said amazing. I like the word amazing. Consecrate yourself. The Lord will do amazing wonders among you. Consecrate yourself. Set yourself apart. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Is there anything that's grown cold? Is there a passion that has... I don't know about you, but I'm ready for amazing things. I'm ready to see it. I'm ready for amazing. I don't know what those amazing... Walls fell down. They took a land. They didn't even lose anybody. There was no casualties in some of those wars. They didn't even fight. The sun stayed still. Amazing things happen when a generation consecrated themselves and got behind God and let him lead. I am done with being afraid of unfamiliar places. How about you? I am ready for amazing. I will remove whatever God wants me to remove from my life. And I'm just preaching to myself here. Because I will not neglect intimacy with God. I want to see amazing. I am no longer going to be afraid of unknown things that face me. I want to remove, I want a clean heart before the Lord. I want to make sure that I am righteous in his sight. I will not neglect the intimacy. I will draw near unto him and he will draw near unto me. And listen to this. Because I'm just telling you what I'm decreeing for me in my house. When I'm in his presence, I'm going to ask him how he wants to use me in these last days there's a bigger picture is there anyone with me here and online that that's you stand with me if that's you if you're with stand with me stand before the Lord that you are ready for amazing things you are done being afraid of the unfamiliar places you will remove anything that God reveals to you from your life There's some junk. There's some unforgiveness. There's some harbored feelings. There's some things deep down that have no business being there. I will not neglect the intimacy with God. I will not neglect a daily walk with God any longer. You in your own words, because we can't do an altar your own words, you tell him, I will draw near unto you. Lord, you will draw in, you will draw near to me. 
Father, we're drawing near to you right now. Our heart, Lord, crying out that though we face uncertain landscapes and unfamiliar things now, we know that you are the God that leads his people where they have not been before. We're drawing near unto you, Lord. Reveal in us, Lord, that which has grown cold or grown weak, Lord. Things that have... Lord, reveal the, the vases in our life, Lord, that we've placed in front of things that we don't want to deal with. Lord, we consecrate ourselves, turning our eyes, Lord, upon you. your guidance we desire your hand upon our life from this from this day forward Lord from this day forward we are purposing Lord in our heart to not neglect Lord our daily walk to not let days go by where we don't think of you to rekindle, Lord, to restoke the fires of our relationship with you. To go back to those days, Lord, where it was burning so, so hot in our in our heart, Lord. There was a passion, there was a burning. We had to be in your presence. Lord, I ask right now that everybody here, everybody listening, we begin, Lord, to you where's the harvest to whom am I to go to what's the harvest where where are the unsaved where are the unchurched where are the broken and the hurting use me use me Lord let this be a generation Lord that stands up and says I understand that the Lord the Lord takes care of my affairs and my business and therefore I will take care of his that I will take my eyes off of that which pains and hurts and burdens me and I will, I will take on a lighter burden, the work of the cross. Lord, that we wouldn't just draw near unto you, Lord, for our own needs, but that we would draw near unto you, Lord, that we would hear your heart in your name, Lord Jesus. Revive us. Revive us, Lord. Revive us, Lord. Let us re-engage. Revive us, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We ask it in your name. Amen. Now listen, I'm not telling you that we have to do anything that it's on us for revival. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to say that, you know what, we're just going to bring, no. I'm just telling you that I want to be first in line. I want to be first to be used. I know if God wants to send revival and he wants to just pour out his spirit, it's not going to be because Victor did anything. 
It's not gonna be because I shut myself into a closet and just prayed, no. But I'll tell you what, I wanna shut myself in a closet and I wanna pray because I wanna be on the front line when he does begin to move. If there is a word, I wanna be one of the first that catch that movement and I want everyone else to as well. I don't wanna be caught in the third wave. I wanna be in the first. You know what I mean? Love you guys. Socially distance and mingle on your way out. Or mingle at a socially distance safe. Glad that you guys came. Guys, we are glad that you streamed with us online. Love you guys. Y'all have a great week.